If you could take one guy to an island with you and you knew you'd be safe because he was the best man, he was going to keep you happy, if it was between me and your father, who would you take? My daddy. I think you're wrong about that. Hello, this is Lee. What happened to my brother? So that's he, Lee Chen, look. I don't understand. Which part are you having trouble with? Well, I can't be his guardian. Well, your brother provided for your nephew's upkeep. I think the idea was that you would relocate. Relocate to where? Well, if you yeah. look, it was my impression that you'd spent a lot of time here. I swear. I'm just a backup. Lee, nobody can appreciate what you've been through. And if you really feel you can't take this on, you know, that's your right. Where are we going, to the orphanage? Shut up. Get in the car. Can't obey your orders until you unlock the door. Whatever you decide, he can always stay with us if he wants to come up weekends. Do you want to be his guardian? Well, he doesn't we want to be already, my guardian. For Christ's sake, got a house. Got we're trying to lose some kids, kids at this point. House? Hello. Hello, Lee. I just want to call and say I'm sorry. How's Patrick doing? Well, he doesn't really open up with me. You don't want to be my guardian? That's fine with me. Not that. It's just the logistics. All my friends are here. I got two girlfriends, and I'm in a band. You're a Janet and Quincy. What the hell do you care where you live? My heart was broken, and I know yours is broken, too. No, you don't understand. There's nothing That's there. Not true. Do you want me to call your friends? I don't know. What do you want me to do? I'm not going to bother you. I'm going to just sit here until you calm down. All right, I'm calming it. Would you please just go away? No. That was a trailer clip from Manchester by the Sea, which is our classic companion film to pair with our review of The Wayback that was released last week. We hope you enjoy this week's edition of Classically Current, which features a guest appearance from Rudy Rodriguez. Let the podcast begin. Welcome back to the Classically Current podcast with your host, Zach. Kyle. And today we're going over Manchester by the Sea. And uh, this this podcast that we do is dedicated to linking current films of today with the classic films of the past. And we did The Way Back recently, and we have found that this movie, Manchester by the Sea, has a lot of similarities. It came out in 2016. Kyle's going to give us a brief overview of the movie and give us the director profile. So a basic summary of the movie is that the death of his older brother, Joe Lee Chandler, is shocked that Joe has made him sole guardian of his teenage nephew, Patrick. Uh, he ends up having to leave his job and become a, as a janitor in Boston. So he reluctantly returns to Manchester by the Sea, which is a little fishing village where his uh, family has lived for the last several years. But however, there are some painful experiences that he kind of has to uh, bring up. Um, and it forces him into uh, kind of having to face those uh, demons that has kind of brought his character um, about that uh, kind of began his inner turmoil. And so we kind of get flashbacks of uh, everything that occurs and how he managed to get there and not necessarily closure, but maybe learning a little bit more of his own character. And then I will touch on the director profile as well. Uh, the movie is made by Kenneth Lonergan, and he's actually began his career as a screenwriter. 
some of the other stuff that he's done is analyze this. You can count on me, uh, Gangs of New York. So he has worked with, uh, you know, some bigger names, uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle, the adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle, which uh, it's quite a drastic change, but you got to start somewhere. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> and he exactly, and he was mostly yeah. started with writing gigs. So he helped write, analyze this, Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle, and didn't really... This was actually only his third movie. Correct? Yeah, his first movie was in 2000 with You Can Count On Me. Second movie was Margaret, where, where he was the writer-director. And so he hasn't really... And I don't think... Yeah. I don't think either of us have seen those. I have movies. not seen that, but I have seen Gangs of New York, which he helped write the screenplay for that. So uh, the so his, you know, Manchester. But analyze this. I, yeah, I've seen bits of like that movie, but none of none of like a whole movie really from his uh, filmography that I've like really delved into other than gangs in New York. Yeah. And it's interesting to look at what he has directed, what he's been a part of, because you look at someone like Gavin O'Connor in the way back and he seemed like he had a lot more experience with directing and writing before the way back uh, more than Kenneth Lonergan. So Kenneth Lonergan has been around, you know, for the past 20 years, but it just shows you how hard it is to, consistently make films and and have studios consistently want you to make films for them and uh this one yeah i would say i mean i haven't seen a lot of his other stuff but i would say this is one of the more highly regarded of his films yeah because it uh good uh did get a good overall reception <laughs> and uh, i believe it holds a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes, 96% on Rotten Tomatoes with 340 critic reviews. That is pretty amazing. Yeah, that is a lot of critic reviews. He, but that didn't even that didn't even blow me away as much as the 96 Metacritic. Oh, nine, yeah. I feel well, like that's like pretty hard Meta to get. That's over 50 views. Yeah, and Metacritic is one of the hard because it's less reviews, but it's more the top critics on Metacritic. So yeah. having a 96%, it just means that it's just highly recommended by the, fil the film critic community. And then the fan rating at 78%, that was a little interesting. Not the fans seemed like didn't enjoy it as much as some of the critics did, but. Uh, well, you wouldn't expect it to either. I think with a movie that's just has a very somber feel and, um, it, yeah, I just think uh, it's it's not going to be the fan favorite, but I I do believe that we can recognize that it's a well-made film. Yes, definitely. And, you know, it does connect well with The Way Back, and we will get into why that is. But we chose this movie specifically because of the Affleck connection with Casey Affleck being the brother of Ben Affleck and uh, how he plays a similar character in this movie. And... You know, when I was writing down the similarities and the differences, uh, mostly the similarities, though, there was quite a bit of similarities between the two characters. And, you know, aside from the other one being a sports movie, this one has a lot to a lot similar to The Way Back, which we'll get into. But uh, with that, we'll kind of move on to what other awards and reception it had. It ended up having six Academy Award nominations, with which was Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, 
Supporting Actor, Supporting Actress, and it did win too. It won Best Actor for Casey Affleck's performance and Best Original Screenplay, but, and that was uh, Kenneth Lonergan because he was a writer and director. So uh, it's actually a pretty good yeah. year, and it was also uh, bought by Amazon Films of that year because I think it was hitting the like the film circuits and then Amazon kind of picked it up and then they kind of made an Oscar push that year, which really helped it, helped propel it to actually be get, get more recognition. So, uh, but I mean, if you look at some of the other awards that it received, I was looking earlier and it had said that it had won a total of, it got nominated for 214 different awards for during that award season and ended up winning 67. So it actually did pretty well. Yeah. I think there's a lot of movies that uh, get hyped up during award season and uh, a lot of them end up becoming uh, forgotten about over time. And I don't want to say that I feel like this movie will do the same thing because I, I actually really like the movie, but uh, I, I, do you ever get that feel like maybe like this movie is going to end up like a lot of those other award movie types that just get kind of thrown by the wayside after a Well, I know what you mean. I mean, the specifically talking about movies that have just never been really talked about uh the artist which won the best picture of like tw- early 2010 maybe or 2011 yeah, I, right? I mean does yeah. anybody talk yeah. about that movie i mean i don't know completely, completely forgot about that one and this one while it didn't win best picture um, it's, you know, it, it was one of those movies that I didn't really think much about until we watched the way back where, you know, you have Ben Affleck and you yeah. just, or I was just thinking about how his brother yeah. performed a similar character in Manchester by the sea. And, and here we are talking about it, but it actually grossed a decent amount on a $9 million budget. It was a gross 47, over $47 million in the United States and worldwide was the total of 79 million so it definitely made its budget back and had a pretty good theatrical yep. release so I, I would have thought that'd be a, a bigger budget just just from watching the movie and just the the actor acting talent that they were able to get i kind of figured it would have been more than nine million but uh they must have been pretty uh pretty good yeah them. and it was filmed in that same town of Manchester by the sea is what the town is. And it was filmed in that actual location yeah. in April of 2015. Uh, and you can definitely tell it. I mean, it looks very real. It doesn't look like they're in a studio. Most of the time they're yep. just kind of on location. Well, I believe the Affleck, the Affleck, but they kind of grew up in the I area, think right? they, uh, I knew that I know they grew up in the Northeast. I, I mean, think in they Boston grew up area. in the Boston area. So yeah, that makes sense that he has a connection there. So, uh, it's really unique how they were able to send the crew over there, film it for $9 million. And then, um, you know, I don't know how long the shoot was, but they did a pretty good job making it feel grounded and real. And with that, we'll kind of talk about our review of the film with no spoilers for right now. We're going to kind of dive into more scenes and talk more specifically about certain moments that we liked and disliked. But uh, for what I thought, I, I thought the movie felt very real and grounded. It was, you know, it has a very restrained and subdued performance by Casey Affleck. He did a really good job acting in this movie. Uh, and then almost kind of 
frustratingly so. Like, you're just watching this guy go through all these horrific... I mean, you, you kind of learn his story as the movie progresses, and you kind of learn what's happened in the past and all this grief and these you know, all the stuff that he's carrying with him. And it just kind of... He, he's kind of bottling it all in, and you can tell, and he just doesn't really let it out and and it just is it's kind of painful to watch at times it is like a couple of the scenes uh you know specifically like where a, a woman at the bar where she's kind of like running into oh, him like yeah. on purpose like <clears throat> trying to like start up a conversation or uh with uh the nephew's uh other like his side chick his mom and uh just like having to like try to start a conversation like she like leaves after 30 minutes of like trying to talk to him to like go upstairs and see what's going on yeah he he just becomes but, uh yeah those those are like almost equally painful i feel like to watch as much as it is like just seeing like the whole you know just his whole situation and how it all occurred and there's just a lot of good acting yeah. moments in this movie and so if you're and if you enjoy a movie that, that it is. has really good acting and good characters i think this is definitely worth a watch if you have not seen it already i think the high point for me was you know because this movie kind of seems like when i was watching it the second time because i watched it in 2017 or 2016 whenever it came out i think i probably saw it when it came out on amazon prime after the award season but i think you know it kind of slowly goes and shows you his life at the beginning and you know he's just kind of a maintenance man and he kind of is just living life doesn't really hang out with anybody just kind of a loner and then he gets the call and that um well it's not i guess it's not really a spoiler talk we talked about it in the intro but his brother passes away and he has to go and figure out um his brother's wishes after he has passed away and uh, the high point for me was when he has to actually go back to Manchester, which is a place that he's trying to avoid because of a past trauma that he experienced in his life. And at the 50 minute mark, you finally get to see the tragedy that had happened to Casey Affleck and his family and what he had to endure. And it is pretty heartbreaking to see that. And it kind of just goes it kind of pans into him uh, talking about his the tragedy and then it kind of shows what actually happened and it, it's kind of a lot of this movie is told in flashbacks with his brother appearing and then not appearing so you kind of get the dynamic and the brother relationship and you get to see how the dynamics work and it's just a really good storytelling it's it's really impressive how he was able to flesh out these characters and kind of let you know what all of them are about and keep you interested i also enjoyed the comedy of this movie there's actually a decent amount of comedy in this movie and there really has to be with a movie that is just so kind of depressed not depressing but i mean it is i mean it oh, yeah. is kind of depressing it's a hard watch it's, it's a hard times. watch another thing that was interesting about this character study is that you don't really get a very it's not a very cathartic experience because you see casey affleck's character lee he just kind of stays the same throughout the entire movie, and he does not really seem to change much. He, all these things are just happening to, happening to him in the movie, 
and you can size you can kind of see it bubbling underneath the surface that he's really frustrated but the KC Affleck or the Lee character at the beginning is pretty much the same at the end of the movie and I think that was done on purpose uh, because it's just showing you how much one human being can take without completely breaking and just losing it but um, Kyle what did you think of your overall review of the movie and then we can get into minor spoilers well what I thought was interesting was um, you know you I don't think the way back had really a lot of like kind of it had a little bit with his um, with his family with his family life as Ben Affleck's character was going through uh, his tough times and he was drinking heavily yeah. there was there was a point in the middle of the movie where you really got to see a portion of his life and what had happened and what trauma had happened to him to make him drink more well I, I did like the use of flashbacks in this I, I felt like it gave it a added layer of depth but it also didn't use gimmicky sort of flashbacks like the kind of like haze and then it goes into no that's the a good point movie. yeah that's a good point so i thought that was it kind of kept that realistic uh style of the movie um i did like the uh, the music i thought was kind of minimal and it wasn't overbearing really it didn't escalate until like one scene of the movie where it's like a very you know big sort of moment in the movie's narrative but uh you know i kind of like the juxtaposition there of the tr sort of tranquil music with uh while the character's dealing with you know sort of like this inner conflict um and it's just kind of heavy subject matter so i like the use of that um the one thing i noticed about it was that the first couple times i had seen it i think i probably see it like twice before i rewatched it and i could never remember what the ending was and uh, so it was like almost a forgettable ending. But, um, you know, I think watching this again, it kind of puts things in a different perspective for me. Like, um, I think it's more purposeful that the movie ends on that note. And uh, so, I mean, I, I think overall it's a, it's a really well-made film. And uh, I think it definitely hits a nerve. You even might give you different perspective as uh <laughs> and if you guys have not seen the movie yet, we will get, kind of get into some minor spoilers of the film and talk about specific scenes we liked and disliked. Um, is there anything you wanted to mention on that in that regard? Any specific scenes you wanted to talk about, Kyle? Well, one of the specific scenes that I used was his use of like comedic timing in the movie. Um, it was like the moment with the paramedics when they put <laughs> Michelle Williams' character and uh, how they were just struggling with that after something uh, yeah. really bad happens. Mm -hmm. It was just odd to – it just seemed odd. And then there's also the uh, moment of uh, them at the funeral. And um, I can't remember his buddy's name now. What was his friend's name that also lived there? And how he's like trying to offer him something oh, to yeah. eat after at the party. And like – it, the like funeral party is just like so loud that they're like screaming across the room at each other to his wife, or, and it's just like just total miscommunication like on that, and it's like the whole time like Casey Affleck like, didn't even <laughs> want anything to eat. <laughs> so well, there's these like, bits. Uh, there's bits of Pete. Of uh, so there's I, a bits of truth, and there's bits of like complete realism, 
and, and it's just he kind of molds that into like this really funny moments throughout this movie i mean it, it, even at the beginning you see him doing his maintenance job and there's all these tenants that he has to look after and he's just keeping his calm demeanor throughout everything i mean one person's hitting on him and then another person is kind of watching him screw in a light bulb and they're just kind of, I don't know, there's just these lot of comedic moments that happen at the beginning of the movie. And I do like that yeah. scene in the funeral where he is just completely not interested in having food, but his friend and his, and all these other people are like, Oh no, he's hungry. He's hungry. They got, he got to get him some food, but that's just something that would completely happen in real life. And it's it's very uh, funny moment, yeah. And it, it helps to have those funny moments in this movie because it is a little bit of a, a, I mean, it's quite a bit sad during that and throughout this whole movie. There's a lot of dread, so it and it's it is it's a little bit of a slow burn, like. Uh, but I found like at least the first time watching, I was kind of glued to it because I want to know how this guy ended up this way. And you, like you know there's more to the story than like mm -hmm. what meets the eye at first and i just uh i think it was a good payoff how they were bringing it about slowly but not giving everything away they yeah gave and this and movie the second this is the second time i've seen this movie and i just remember feeling a lot more invested the first time in this movie so for me it didn't quite land as well this yeah. time but that may, I, it I think is sure and that's probably part of it on the second or third viewing is that it's not going to maybe right. quite hit his with this much power. But um, it, I think, like I said, I think there's other ways that like other areas where you can gain perspective on the film and just kind of like the amount of effort that went into it and the ideas behind it. Um, like maybe like how a far of like a wide shot that has the characters further away and how it's, like when it's in a major, like kind of emotional state that that character's feeling. Um, like you see a lot of movies that show that like close up because we want to see that that, that character's uh, feeling something, but it kind of keeps that realism by having that sort of, uh, sort of separation a little bit. Like we're kind of just seeing what's going on uh, as viewers. We're not really having to, uh, I mean, that's more like realistic, I think. Yeah, and my favorite, I think that. my favorite you know, scene like, of this movie just has to be that when I was talking about earlier, the 50 minute mark when they're kind of going back and forth. So Casey Affleck's character is in that green hoodie and he's sitting down with the cops and the, the law enforcement people after his house has, uh, after it shows that his house has been burned to shreds and uh, he kind of talked to him and asked him how he's feeling and what happened. And then he kind of goes through, you know, gradually what actually happened. Because you're really curious as to, because all you're shown is him going to a gas station, getting some food, getting some stuff, and then going back to the house and it is just inflamed. And so just the, I guess the timing that it does has, the editing back and forth during that scene is just, is really intense because it's like a slow mm -hmm. pan it's like a zoom in on casey affleck while he's performing but it also goes back and forth between it and it's just it's just heartbreaking to see that uh, right. that's one of my highlights of the movie but also michelle williams character oh, yeah. coming in later on to to kind of make amends or to kind of have uh, see if she can get some kind of forgiveness uh, and so the enclosure 
Which, she always plays you know, that role. Don't you feel like she plays that role pretty well? Like with the, I have you seen Blue Valentine? Like where she's playing, just a wife that's just like ornery with her husband because the husband's kind of a screw up. And I, I feel like when it comes to like movies about relationships, yeah, she, did she really plays well that exceptionally movie. well. Uh, she got nominated for an Academy Award, Academy Award for her performance, which I was actually surprised about looking back at this movie because she's really barely in the movie. <laughs> She really doesn't have a lot of screen time. Like it's really total, just one scene that she minutes, but, uh, is like uh, it's an emotional scene. Yeah. But does that really qualify for an Oscar for a supporting actress? Yep. I don't think so. But it kind of goes along the Oscar history. For instance, Les Miserables when Anne Hathaway won her Oscar, she barely had a role. I mean, she had a very small role in that movie. And she got ended up winning an Academy Award. So I think a lot of it has to do with the politics of the actual show and the uh, marketing campaign that goes on. But uh, I'm really interested in our guest speaker that is coming on to the show here to hear his perspective. Rudy Rodriguez, would you like to give your take on this movie? Um, yeah, so... Um, when it comes to the, when I first watched this movie, I just had a like a large stint of grief for like a solid week because I feel like this movie is the most accurate betrayal. I mean, portrayal of grief and human like suffering that I can see in movies. Is like I feel like movies today either have like a character goes through a long stint of grief and then something amazing happens and changes their life, or like this movie is realistic. This person's still like is slowly moving on, but you know that the issue, the trauma at hand, is still affecting them, and with their every decision, but they're slowly making it through. And I feel like that's how humans react to trauma, rather it be big or small. Like I know I'm guilty of it, and you guys know I'm guilty of it as well. And I feel like when it comes to this movie, I really enjoyed how well Casey Affleck portrayed a man just in sheer agony of his existence for what he did. Like, you see that he feels responsible for what happened. Like, he literally pulls the gun up in a holster in, in a police station to take his own life because he is so guilt-stricken with the responsibility that he thinks that he took the life of his family. And just looking over, like, how he reacts to certain people, and I just feel like the movie was just so well made that you can understand like what these characters are going through. And cause I've talked to another person about this at the, um, at the, at where I work. And she said she can never watch that movie ever again because it is so depressing, but it is so, it was so well made. Yeah. There's not really any moments of the movie where I question the character's uh, motivation or like, <laughs> no. I, I felt like all that was like, it was totally. Yeah. And it's interesting to see totally like the flashback of him, as Rudy said, Pointing, trying to steal the holster, the gun out of the holster and try to shoot himself, but they actually had blanks in the gun, or maybe he just couldn't get to the safety fast enough to actually do it. But then you see him getting into fights and just, you know, drinking at the beginning, drinking at the end, purposely getting into fights to self harm, to just somehow, you know, maybe possibly get beat up enough to where he doesn't wake up because he's just so upset at himself and you know it was interesting to look yeah. at the movie this time and see what he was actually carrying in those groceries it looked like he was carrying a pampers diaper bag just looking at you know because he had a, a like a 
And I didn't notice yeah, that I, the first I time. I but I think he was actually going on a diaper run for his children or maybe like a pull up or something. I don't know how old his kids were, but he went to the gas station. He also was getting, I think, some beer too or some other stuff too. But well, he's still yeah, in the police yeah, that's right. He said he's getting more beer, but he got other stuff. And so, um, and that's just a tremendous amount of grief to go through for one person. And it's uh, it kind of parallels what we are going to be talking yeah. about with the similarities to the way back. And any, or, but did you have anything else to mention on the on that, Rudy on Manchester by the Sea? Yeah, I um, when when like thinking about how, like what this movie spoke to me, like I I thought of a scene in True Detective season three where the character is guilty for the killing of an innocent, possibly innocent man, and he decides to get drunk and get into a bunch of bar fights and he gets beat up, and I feel that's what was happening for Lee's character in this movie is just that he wanted to climb this tower of pain because he felt like he deserved it. Even, even though it may or may not, it, 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 the, I believe the fire marshal said like it wasn't even his fault. It just things occur out of our control. Like I think of the TV show, the leftovers and there's a quote, terrible things happen in this world. Just be happy that you didn't cause any of them. And I feel like when it comes to human grief, we really struggle with that fact that, Things happen out of our control, and we have zero control over them. And I think of the book of Job and the story of Job out of the Bible. And I'm not trying to get religious at all. I'm not. But I think about how his portrayal of suffering was in the story, like his whole entire biblical story. How he he essentially climbed the Tower of Pain, and he had zero control over any of the things that were happening in his life. And he just had to accept it for what it is. And it's either come out like Job, or you come out like Lee's character. And... There's all so many circumstances with the way you turn it, the way you will turn out, and I just feel that's how that movie portrayed how people would probably handle a situation given the circumstances you're in. Some people have a stronger willpower than others. No, yeah, yeah. that's just my take. That's a good point. Oh, and I think that it definitely relates to um, the way back in that these characters, even as you see, maybe like a hint of, uh, you know them getting a little bit better, um, you know, being revived, so to say, uh, you still see that there's struggles. Like, they don't just completely get over an issue. Like, it's obviously, it's in bits and pieces. Uh, life continues on, and uh, it goes the, it goes past this the movie, past the two-hour movie. So I think that if both movies are try- attempting to portray a very realistic depiction of uh, you know, inner conflict and dealing with the the traumatic uh, issues of like loss and and all of that. And I also liked how they both sort of end up or wind up um, kind of fostering kids or like kind of taking care of kids, and how that is kind of the the one thing that spurs on. You know, maybe maybe not necessarily redemption, or, but uh, a little bit of you know, a little bit of um, what's the word I would use? Closure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, th- uh, I liked the similarities to this movie uh, compared to the way back. I mean, you obviously have the Affleck bros as the leads, but you both you can notice that both are 
fairly heavy drinkers. Now, Jack character in The Way Back is more of an alcoholic, and he's more alcohol-dependent, and he frequents bars just to get loaded on a regular basis. But you see right. in this movie, in Manchester by the Sea, Lee is just kind of self-harming, I guess. He's just kind of drinking to drink, but he's going into bars to basically just drown his sorrows on a regular basis. But I don't, I don't get the idea that he is dependent on alcohol uh, at all. These women are approaching him because they think he is, you know, attractive and they want to be with him or get with him or even just kind of get to know him. And he's just completely closed off from everything. Like he doesn't even he know that they exist. He, he doesn't even flirt back. He doesn't do He's flirt. just not there just, at yeah, all he's, he's just existing and that is about it uh, but both characters in both movies are living in despair and they both have blue collar jobs that was interesting to see is one in you know the way back jack is a construction worker and then this movie uh, it's a maintenance man that's what lee does um, both get into fights while they're drunk both live alone and refuse to be around others until they until they get a call which you know, at the beginning of the way back, he gets a call from the father, the priest. And in this movie, he gets a call from, I think it was his brother's friend about the death of his brother that just took place from congestive heart failure with a battle with congestive heart failure. Yeah. Um, Did they even really sh say, I, show that? I, was, I assume it was because his really brother's friend was the one that was there. Uh, Oh. You know, at at the hospital, and so that's what I think it was. But yeah, uh, and um, the layer—it's nice to see in both of them that the layers are kind of peeled back in both films to reveal both the characters' inner struggle and their turmoil, and it's all done through various flashbacks, like like we talked about earlier. But a lot of similarities to both movies. Which it's kind of it's kind of a good companion piece to the way back. And they're both rated R. They both have the, and this one, and I mean, the way back had a lot more, um, they had kind of bits of vulgar, you know, F, F bombs and stuff. And this one has a little bit of that, but this is Boston. I mean, this is how they talk over there. Sound, I mean, it's pretty realistic. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I guess one of the differences I think I found with the movies was that, um, the music was a little bit different, maybe. Uh, like I said, it was more minimalistic, more, I'd say, with uh, Manchester by the Sea than it was with The Way Back. The Way Back would kind of have more like a kind of piano-driven, like somber-type music. Um, although I do think both just kind of like laid in the background nicely. They didn't really come to the forefront too much other than, like I said, that one scene at Manchester by the Sea. But... Also, how Manchester by the Sea kind of uses more of a, a classical or just like a you know like a choir, like just um, so I I did see both the differences there a little bit, but uh, I feel like I don't know overall. I still think that Manchester by the Sea kind of has the more tightly constructed story than the Way Back. I feel like the Way Back was good, but I mean I guess over time on initial viewing. Um, We'll have to see, but it feels like from watching it that there's more, more of a 
an idea behind. I mean, yeah, I think there's um, more things to, to glean from Manchester overall. I mean, the way back, it's mostly about his struggle with alcohol and, and finding his way back to becoming more of the man he used to be. And in this movie, yeah, and the, and the way back, it seemed like the main difference in that one, that seemed to go a lot faster. That was more tightly paced. It seemed like it went a lot faster. This one is more of a slow burn. And yeah. it does drag a little would, bit more than that one. It is longer also. It's at two hours and 18 minutes, while the way back is about one hour and 50 minutes or 48 minutes. Um, right. <clears throat> and, you know, Casey Affleck's character, Lee, is, is really not able to overcome his grief and change like Jack is in the way back. It felt like Jack was able to change a little bit more and find a good, I mean, he was able to find comfort at the end, you know, kind of willing his team to be very successful towards the end of the season. And he was able to kind of, it, it just seemed like, I mean, obviously that one ended more on a happier note than this one. I mean, uh, not that this ended very sad, but yeah. it just well, kind I, of. I kind of liked, well, it's just kind of, uh, you know, this, you would, for, you would just, it's uh you wouldn't remember it. It's forgettable. But I think at the same time, it's forcing the audience to have to uh, kind of decide the outcome a little bit. Like we we see that he comes back for you know the funeral later on when they can actually bury the body, but it it ends with them on you know that boat and like how the movie flashbacks to it, stuff like that, like his times on the boat and how you can have you, know, you can have some healing through something. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, true. As small as that. Yeah. That it's not going to happen, you know, overnight. It's not going to happen when he's talking, maybe to uh, Michelle Williams' character. But it could yeah, happen. and it's nice to see yeah, how it bookended because you see at the beginning of the movie it was but, uh, him talking to a young Lucas Hedges character, yeah. which, by the way, we didn't even really get a touch on his performance, which was very good, also. Because yeah. which we should because we yeah. Oh boy, Actually, yes. Yeah, that seems very realistic and very, very well written because it would it makes complete sense that he would freak out after even just opening the freezer like he probably has done a hundred times and then to just open the freezer and think, Man, what if my dad's dead body was in the freezer and then just completely freak out and it's it's a touching moment to see him try to, to Lee's character try to calm him down even though he's not really having much success when he does it. Well, but. I like too how like, yeah, I like how Lee can't, uh, he didn't want him to have the door closed. Like he, and I think part of that's just like from, you know, you know, his past and how something that led to, uh, you know, where he was at, at that point was, them not being people not being able to get out and escape. So I think it's uh, it was kind of funny how he literally kicks in his door because he doesn't know what to do and he's freaking out. Like how uh, Lucas Hedges' character kind of just locks himself in his room. He's like, you know, I can't have the door closed. So you, uh, you see that he's still right. dealing with the, the guilt of you know a past issue, and it's just something he has to have the door open at least so he can. But yeah, I, I think the yeah, and it, it was interesting to see the, that good job. in the character of Lee, he 
he's kind of puts himself into his own his own hell for it's kind of his own personal hell for eternity basically because he wants to live he lives in the same location uses the same flip phone which this movie is you know takes place in 2015 2016 and he's still using a flip phone which is like i don't know eight eight seven i don't know eight nine years old by that point he yeah. still heavily drinks he still wears the same green colors him. which is the same yeah. color that he wore on the night of the accident that took place same jeans same hoodie and so yeah, and jeans. there's yeah. there's a lot of stress played there's a lot of stress placed on lee's character uh, more so than jack's because not only yeah. did his brother die but he's also forced to go back home and confront his past while also being placed as patrick's guardian which adds a whole other element to it and i think the way he kind of managed that really actually made quite a bit of sense because he he still is dealing with that grief and he did not want to live in Manchester. That was just going to be too much for him. So I think he had a good compromise there. Um, but uh, And Lee obviously has more uh, control over his personal tragedy because he was the one that kind of caused it. And Jack in The Way Back was kind of overcoming the loss of the uh, people that were close to him. Um, but and these are two separate places right in, in the country i mean boston and la couldn't be more apart and so the, the styles i mean and because the other one was shot more in la and this was shot in actual manchester i guess i don't know where specifically the the way back was actually filmed i'm sure they kind of filmed in sets and different things but Right. Yeah, it didn't, uh, I guess, give too much indication of where. But, but we'll have to, we'd have to look that so, up. So, oh boy, this is so a which tough question. Because like this is more, because this is kind of just kind of judging two dramas. And this, I think the way back for me was good. But this does, like, I'll basically all the things we talked about just, just now. It has more elements to it. The characters are more f fleshed out. There's a lot of good comedy bit, and I'd say the overall the uh, Manchester by the Sea wins in my opinion. What do you think, Kyle and Rudy? Manchester by the Sea, hands down. I will probably watch the way back again because I like Ben Affleck, but I felt more moved by Manchester by the Sea. But I probably will never watch it. I've watched it three times. And every time was even more insufferable with certain events that occurred in my life right. after watching it. And it did not leave me in a proper space. The more we rewatch it, we almost feel like we cannot watch it ever again. <laughs> but uh, I, I think overall, uh, if I'm going for something I want to rewatch, I would probably say The Way Back is a more rewatchable film. But uh, if I'm going based off of the film strengths alone, I would probably say Manchester by the Sea is the stronger film of the two. And more, I don't know, it's just, I just think the acting was uh, maybe just a little bit more, uh, uh, I guess it was there. You could see it plain as day. Like all the actors, they were, every actor was strong. There wasn't any bad actors. Uh, even Lucas yeah, and it was interesting to there's there is a Moonrise well. Kingdom connection to this so, movie, which was funny because I don't think I realized it the first time. But Lucas Hedges was in Moonrise Kingdom, Wes Anderson's picture, and 
Uh, also, Susie, the girl who played Susie in, in Moonrise Kingdom, is also in this movie who was dating Lucas Hedges' character. And so it's interesting to see that connection. But um, if you guys are wanting to watch Manchester by the Sea, it is currently on Amazon Prime with a subscription. But you can also rent it on YouTube, Google Play, or Vudu, or iTunes. But, I mean, most people have an Amazon Prime account where you can bum one off one of your friends to watch it. Uh, or you can go to your local library, too. They probably have it as well. So what would you guys give it on a scale of 0 to 10? I give it a uh, I give it a nine out of ten because it's hard to find fault with this movie, other than the fact yeah, and that for it me it kind of drags a, a little bit. And, sad and you know it, they movie. purposely make Lee's character not really change much and kind of wallow in his own misery, which is done on purpose. There is a, a good amount of humorous yeah. moments, but it is it's kind of a tough watch. But I would say yeah. nine nine and a half uh, or uh, nine out of ten is my rating as well. Uh, it's a very good, solid movie. Rudy, what do you think? I give it a nine out of ten because <laughs> and it's ah, copycats. Yeah, piss off! <laughs> no, it, it's such it's such a well done movie. Like when I saw the commercials for it, I was like, eh. And like I saw it did well at Sundance because I honestly keep up with movies that are going to be at Sundance because I'm just that pretentious as a human being. And I saw it did well, and so I was excited to see it, and it, it really lived up to my expectations all right and what would you guys say actor, is right? the better performance i still give it to uh, casey affleck's character ben casey affleck's the better actor of the two and i thought ben still still ben affleck had I, his best uh, role yet well i think they're very similar i think i would keep them actually about the same because Ben Affleck yeah. really moved me in The Way Back. And, I mean, Casey Affleck also moved me in this this movie as well. It's it's a different kind, yeah. though. I mean, there's just sustained rage that's going on in The Way Back, and you can just see that he's kind of falling apart, and he has this issue that he just cannot, he just can't break his habit. But I really felt for him in that movie, and I think they're pretty much the same as far as quality goes. They're very highly well acted movies so i'd say there's more religious overtones than uh, the way back but yeah otherwise uh, both good films check them out if you have it thank you so much for listening to our take of manchester by the sea i'm excited to announce that next week we will be reviewing the pixar animation studios film onward and be sure to check out our show each wednesday as we will be releasing our show each wednesday 